0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. Lincoln gets you out there for the news conference in just a couple minutes. Dave Revson, Nicole Auerbach, and Howard Griffith. Rule, great turnaround at Temple, and then really got things headed in the right direction at Baylor after they were in a very difficult spot when he took over, he is a turnaround specialist, Nicole. feels like a very good fit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's done it multiple places, and I think that's where you have to start when you think about the type of coach that Nebraska needed right now is someone who's, who's got a blueprint yeah. for rebuilds and, and turning things around in really difficult situations and great relationships. Yeah, Great <laughs> relationships everywhere, but especially also te- Texas high school football coaches. Which is
3: important yeah. because when you go back through the rich his- history of Nebraska football, They had a pipeline in the Texas, and now they've reestablished it back.
1: Absolutely. takes over a program that, amazingly, when Kansas makes it to a bowl this year, will have the longest drought in the Power Five of not making it to a bowl game. You think of the incredible success that Nebraska has had through the years. It is just staggering that this is the point that we are at right now. Here is the route for Matt Rule to Lincoln. He's held two prior college head coaching jobs, the Temple to its first conference title since the mid-60s in that time in Philly that I referenced, then went to Baylor, and again, took over in the aftermath of an embarrassing scandal, made it to the Sugar Bowl in his third season in Waco, and from there made a jump to the NFL. Here's A.D., Trev Alberts.
4: Okay, good afternoon everybody and welcome. Thank you so much for being here. What a great turnout. Uh, give yourself a round of applause for being here. There's a lot of energy in this room right now. We really appreciate you being here. I know we've got some of our football team here and a lot of our staff and other student athletes So we'd like to welcome you to the Hawks Championship Center. And of course, we'd like to welcome the Rule family. Thank you for being here. So we, we're so appreciative of that. Uh, today's a great day. Today is obviously a great day for our football program, it's great for our athletic department, I think it's great for our university, and it's really great for all of our alumni and the entire state of Nebraska. We have the privilege today of introducing the 31st coach in the history of Nebraska football, one of the best out there in Mr. Matt Rule. So what I'd like to do is, I know you're not here to hear me, you're here to hear Coach Rule, but I I thought I would just, I want to go through a few thank yous. I want to walk you through a little bit on the process of how we got to where we are today. I want to talk a little bit about the vision that we have for the uh, Husker football program and finally, what those characteristics, key characteristics of our coaches that we were looking for that ultimately landed on on Coach Rule. Uh, First and foremost, I want to start by thanking Coach Mickey Joseph and i'll tell you mickey joseph and our staff and our players did an outstanding job you know many of you here um, recognize uh, nine games ago when we made a change and mickey joseph was the head coach Uh, mickey did an outstanding job i had a lot of respect for coach joseph prior to him becoming our interim coach i have more respect for him now the way that he worked continue working doing the right things fighting hard for these young men and Investing in them was really something. And to see them have that moment against Iowa was really, really special. So really, really proud of Coach Joseph and his staff and our players, and I want to thank them. I want to thank President Carter. I want to thank Chancellor Ronnie Green. I want to thank our Board of Regent members who we have here. I want to thank Governor-Elect Pillen. Um, I'd like to thank uh, our staff. I'd like to thank the media. And I'd like to thank you for giving me the space to run an effective search. I know it was a long time. Uh, I think it was the longest search in the history of Nebraska athletics, probably. But uh, it was very meaningful to me that you all allowed us to do a real search and gave me the space to do that. So thank you very much for for allowing me to do that. Uh, I'd like to thank my wife, Angie, and I'd like to thank our staff. The fact of the matter is for the last couple months, I've been a little bit remote. (laughs) This has consumed all of my time, and uh, I'm just so grateful to have the staff we have in Husker Athletics who worked really hard to make sure that everything was, was moving forward appropriately, so I want to thank them. I want to thank Julie, Brian, Vivi, and Leona. Thank you guys so much for allowing your husband and your father to become the head coach at the University of Nebraska. You're going to love this place. Husker Nation is going to love you. And we're going to support you and your family so thank you for believing in us and thanking you i want to thank you for being huskers this is awesome so i just want to tell you a little bit about the process Uh, we talked to and uh, interview is the wrong word but uh, we interacted with 13 coaches as a result of this process and some multiple times. As I told you a long time ago, we were gonna dive into a real detail-oriented process and we wanted to talk to a lot of people. And uh, I really wanna thank all of those folks um, who took the time to talk to us. I learned a lot in that process. Obviously, we're not gonna be releasing the names of all the people that we had an opportunity to talk to. But I also want you to know that candidate 1A for me in the University of Nebraska was always Matt Rule from the beginning. And so we're really glad that we ended at that point. I also want you to know that we tried to use all of the tools at our disposal possible. One of the cool things you have now is analytics. And so we really were able to dive into a lot of analytics and some of the detail behind that. We were able to use a firm that helped us look at successful Big Ten programs, looked at all of these candidates, and trying to match up. Obviously, analytics aren't the primary driver, but it's a tool. And so we tried to use all of our tools. uh, for our benefit. I just want to tell you a little bit about our vision. It's real simple to me. The University of Nebraska always has been and always will be the premier development program in the country. That's our DNA. That's who we are. For those of you who drove up, you saw the Go Big Project, you can see the investment of our donors into that. That's the brick and mortar behind the greatest development program in college football. That was going to be really important to me as we looked for our next head coach. Secondly, a focus on toughness. If there's anything this program's been about the last 30-40 years is this is a program that's based on toughness. And so I was looking for coaches who understood what toughness looked like, what practice looked like, and ultimately getting back to the vision of being the most physical team on the field on Saturday. That's Nebraska football, that's Husker athletics, and toughness was a key component of what our vision was gonna be. Third and finally was a clearly defined identity. It's something that I really believe in. We're gonna believe in something, and we're gonna dive into it, and we're gonna play complimentary football. And I believe that's what Coach Matt believes as well. He'll get a chance to tell you about his vision. So some of the quick coaching characteristics that we were looking for, and some of this is redundant, obviously we talked about this a little bit before, but an authentic leader. It's really important to me. We need leadership. We need someone that our players are willing to follow and our coaching staff. And we have that in that rule. We need a man of integrity. This program has been built on integrity. We do the right thing all the time. And so having a leader of integrity was really important to us as well. A culture builder, a people manager, someone that understands how to build it brick by brick from the bottom was critically important to me a process-oriented individual. Details matter. As you think about the Big Ten Conference and where we're going, and how USC and UCLA and perhaps others someday come into our league, and the level of coaching that's gonna happen in the Big Ten, attention to details and process are gonna be really, really important to our future. Being a grinder, as I've talked before, is really important. You gotta work at this job. You gotta be passionate about winning. And finally, a strategic thinker. And as we said about our process and talking to those coaches, there was one coach that consistently stood out from everybody else. One coach who went to multiple places at multiple levels and had the strategic vision to create the structure around what it took to win at that place. Let's be honest. We're at a critical juncture in in our history as a football program. And having somebody that has a track record of understanding how to build a program at multiple levels and in multiple locales with multiple strengths and weaknesses was really, really important to me. Matt, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for believing in me and believing in the University of Nebraska. I want you to know that Husker Nation is behind you. We're going to support you, and we're going to work as hard as we can to help you and our program be successful. And so it is now my distinct privilege and honor to get to introduce the 31st head coach of the University of Nebraska's football program, Mr. Matt Rule.
5: Thank you. Uh, it was 1983. I was 11 years old, diehard Penn State fan. The year before, Penn State had won the national championship. Now, some people in this room might disagree with that, um, <laughs> but but for me, they had won the national championship. And my father, you know, he's a, my my dad's a teacher and minister, and we grew up, we were living in New York City, had a chance to go out and see the kickoff classic. I had a chance to talk to Coach Osborne. I relayed this story, and I was watching the Penn State Nittany Lions take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and on that day, Nebraska won 44-6. And I can still remember walking back to the subway with tears in my eyes, wondering why Nebraska had to do that to us. Fast forward to, to, to 1994, and walked on at Penn State, and um, found a way to find some ways to get on the team and, and play. And uh, we, we had an undefeated season in the Big Ten, beat Oregon 38 6, and Nebraska went out and played the University of Miami and beat them. And once again, there were tears in my eyes as we finished without a national championship, and Nebraska did. And then I think about last Saturday, Saturday morning, and my wife. You know, Trev talked about grinders, just so everybody knows who my wife, Julie, is. My wife, Julie, woke up yesterday morning at 6 a.m., put three dogs, three kids, in a Sprinter van, drove 12 hours back to Charlotte, got there at 11 o'clock, ironed the kids clothes till 12.30, was up at 4, and she's here smiling. She's a grinder. She's the best. And the University of Nebraska that once brought tears to my eyes when I was 11, once brought tears to my eyes when I was in college, it brought tears to my wife's eyes. Because she's been telling me throughout this whole process, you know, since the very first day that I got a phone call about a job and a university and different people have been coming at us, she has said, this place, these people, this is the right fit for us. This is the right fit for our family. So on behalf of my family, the most important thing in the world to me, my wife, Julie, my son, Brian, my daughters, Vivian Leona, thanks for paying attention to me, guys. I want to thank... Husker Nation. I want to thank the University of Nebraska. I want to thank Chancellor Green for this opportunity. But I, I want you to understand that, that, that this wouldn't be possible if it weren't for President Ted Carter. This would not be possible if it was not for Trev Albers. It would not be possible if it was not for Angie Alberts. Because throughout this process, we found what we've been looking for. We found leadership. We found alignment. Like, how, how, do you, how do you put numbers like this up on the wall? How do you have the great seasons? How do you have five national championships? You need leadership and you need alignment. And I've learned that lesson. I've learned that no matter how fertile the seed is, man, it's got to be in great soil for, for the plant to grow. I could have taken a year off. Uh, some people might think that, you know, my wife was tired of me after six weeks. And while that might be a little bit true, that's not why I'm here today. I'm here today because as I talked to Trev, the passion for football was reborn inside me. The passion for young people was reborn inside of me. When we came to Lincoln and we snuck into Lincoln and we drove around, we said, you know what? This is a place that's committed to greatness. This is a place that's committed. Look at this facility that's committed to player development. These are people that love their university, that love their state and love their football team. So as people ask me why, I'm here because this is the right fit. It's the right time. And if I have one message for you, we can absolutely do it. We can absolutely get the University of Nebraska and University of Nebraska football exactly where it's supposed to be. It will be hard. It may take time, but it will be done. So thank you, Trev. Thank you, President Carter, for setting a vision for us that made made us decide to call this home. I want to echo what Trev said. I thought it was awesome watching the team on, uh, on Friday play against Iowa, and I'm sitting there watching it and trying to figure out, hey, is this going to be the team that I coach next year, Coach Joseph and his staff, just showing tremendous leadership. The players on that team i have had a chance to meet the team, talk to some guys, just showing the leadership to keep that team together. And, again, that's what I hope that I bring. Because if there's one thing I've learned in the last couple years after my, my, my foray in, college, in, in, in the National Football League, it's that anybody can lead when things are easy. That's convenient leadership. Who steps up when things are hard? Who stepped up for this team in the middle of the season when the coach is gone and guys can go either way? Like, who steps up when we haven't had the success as a program that we want? Who's going to step up and fill the void, stand in the gap? And I'm honored that I've been chosen for that. And I'm just one small piece of it. Leadership isn't just a position, it's a way of life. And I hope, and I'll start today, I can promise you this, I'm going to rip this suit off sometime tonight, and I'm going to go back to my office, and I'm going to start to recruit, and I'm going to start to do all the things. But I am honored to say that I have a chance to lead this football program. When people ask why, besides living here in Lincoln, besides the leadership that I found, besides the opportunity, I just just the resources and support. My son, you know, he's a he's with this YouTube generation. I have seen the tunnel walk maybe 5,000 times. I have seen post-game celebrations. I've seen the hype videos. I, I mean, I, I feel like, and I don't know Nebraska well enough yet, and I hope you'll bear with me because I want to embrace everything, everything that has to do with the University of Nebraska, and the University of Nebraska's football program. But I feel like I feel like through him and through some some friends of mine who've played here, that this is exactly the right place at the right time. And let me say it again, I believe we can do it. So thank you to my family. You know when you Ask me what our vision is. and Obviously, we want to we have Heisman Trophy winners. We want to win major awards. We want to win conference championships. We want to win national championships. But guys, I'm a, I'm a day-by-day guy. I'm a process guy. I'm a what's, what's next person. And I can just tell you this, that I want to build a team that's tough. I want to build a team that's hardworking. And I told the team that today. like The price of glory is paid in here at 6 a.m. <laughs> the price of glory is paid on the recruiting trail. Like we are going to work harder, I can't say than anybody else, but harder than we've ever asked ourselves to work because this is going to be hard. You can't win three games and then win four games and then just come to work excited about just, hey, what's going to happen next? So we have to have a plan, and that plan involves working harder than the next man. We're going to build a team that's tough. We're going to build a team that's hardworking. We're going to compete at everything that we do. There's not a game that I expect to ever walk into where we don't expect to win. We want to honor the people who take their hard-earned money. Like, it is such, it is not a burden, but a responsibility on me as the coach to know that there will be people from all across the state who take the money that they make with their hands and with their work and with with just their daily toil, and they spend it to come watch our team play. And you know what? You can't win every game every year. It just doesn't happen. But you can certainly be a team that people are proud to watch. That's the type of team I want to be from the spring game to a practice to a mat drill to a weightlifting session to a meeting I expect our guys to be tough I expect them to work hard and I expect them to compete And I expect that because I and my staff will do the same thing every day That's sort of our vision for how we are You know, we're, 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 we're not going to be a, new, f- a new, f- f- new, new, new New spread team friends and We're not going to be like gonna that be We're like going to be more like like be of an old school old type, school of, a type of a team okay, We're going to okay, be okay, a, a physical, physical team, team. Okay, okay you know, we'll be you know, balanced, we'll be ba- and, and, and you guys, I know you guys will ask lots of questions. We'll always try to do what the players do well, but, but at the end of the day, I don't believe you can win if you can't win the line of scrimmage. We want to have fast players, explosive players. We want to have speed. We want to have great quarterback play. But at the end of the day, through the weight room and recruiting, we want to have a physical team that can control the line of scrimmage and control the game. I believe that's the type of team that can win in the elements. That's the type of team that can win on the road. That's the type of team that can have a lead and keep a lead. That's the type of team that Nebraskans want to see. And then finally, how? Because all, it all sounds good. <laughs> Press conferences are fun. But how, how, how are we going to do it besides just the work? I, I think it's important for all of us to understand that football has changed. College football has changed even in the last two years since I left. NIL, Portal, Transfer, all, all these different things. And I think for all of us, we can, we can look at what we've done, we can celebrate the past, we can learn from the past, but we have to have an eye to the future. The game is changing around us and we have to change with it. We have to recruit people that want to be Nebraska men. We have to recruit people who want to wear the end. We have to com- rec- recruit people who want to pay the price for this team. Yeah, while well, I know that there's, you know, there's some salary stuff now, We can you know, this guy can get this, this guy can get that, and we'll be involved in all of that because we want to bring the best players here. But at the end of the day, I want players who want to come here, who want to not just graduate, they want to be educated. They want to take advantage of this opportunity to change their lives in the classroom, to change their lives through education. I want to bring players here, and I want to have a program that impacts the community. That when you see a Nebraska football player, you know that wherever you are is better for them having been there that they will always leave a place better than they found it. I wanna bring players here who make the campus community better. Like you're, you're not gonna see me and my family hanging out. Like you're gonna see us at the local diner. You're gonna see us at the Salt Like That's who we are. We, we did not come here to live in seclusion. We want to be a part of this community. We want to be a part of this community and I want players who wanna do the same thing. Get, educate, get educated, graduate, uh, uh, impact the community, uh, impact the campus and then play great football. I mean, I want guys that want to be pro football players. I've had a chance to coach in the National Football League twice. So many players have left the University of Nebraska and gone on to the NFL. And while talent can get you there, character and integrity and work ethic and professionalism will keep you there.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
5: But if there's one great thing that came out of the day that I got the phone call that I was no longer the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, it was all of the players who played for me that are playing in the National Football League or are going to medical school or are going to business school who all said, you know what, coach, my life is better for having been a part of the program. It's not about me. It's about all the people that touched them. And so as we come here to the University of Nebraska, it is my intent to leave the university a better place for us having been here. It is my intent to make Nebraskans proud, but most importantly, for every player, walk-on or scholarship, young or old, for every player that comes to play for us, that comes to, to practice in these facilities and sit in these meeting rooms, I want them to look back someday and say, you know what? My professional life, my personal life, my football life, it was all better for having been a Nebraska Cornhusker. I've gotten calls and texts from Guys, I know who play here. Guys that I don't know who play here, and the pride and passion that they all feel for having been here and worn the jersey and been a Cornhusker. I want all the future generations to feel the same. So I will do my utmost best. I will do my utmost best to respect the tradition, respect that honor, and I hope that you guys will trust me to take us to another place, take us into the future, because it it can happen. And as Trev said, the time is now, the time is now. And it's not really just about me. It's really about all of us because we have to be all in. If you want to see something fail, have a bunch of people stand around and wait to see it fail. If you want to see something succeed, everybody, even when you disagree, just move ahead and push ahead. It's going to take everybody, everybody who bleeds red to get the Nebraska Cornhuskers to where they, they're supposed to be. But we will do it, but we'll have to do it together. It's my honor, it's my family's honor. I wanna make sure I thank them again. I wanna thank my mother and father who couldn't be here but who are so critical in my life. I wanna thank all the players at the Carolina Panthers. I wanna thank all the players that played for me at the Baylor Bears. I wanna thank all the players who played for me at the Temple Owls. I would not be here in this moment, in this iconic program if it wasn't for them. And I also wanna thank, well the picture's in the back. Whoever picked that picture of me with the Nebraska red, that's gotta be at least 10 or 12 years ago. And I don't look that good anymore. So I want to thank that person. <laughs> I'll just finish with this. As we went through this process and there were bumps and hurdles and Trev had to overcome some things, you know, contractually, and there were a lot of forces at work, Anytime, anytime things got difficult, my wife would look at me and she'd say, Admiral, she'd look at me and she'd say, Trev, trust the people. I trust them. I'm just so grateful that they trust me. Thank you so much. Uh, Steve Sipple, uh, Husker Online, welcome to Lincoln, Coach. Thank you. you. You talked about the the line of scrimmage, and I, I'm wondering a couple of things. Did Trev, did that, did the line of scrimmage come up in the interview process? And why are you confident that you can fix that part, enhance that part? Yeah, um, I think when I talked to Trev, um, you know, we talked a lot about just, hey, what's your what's your philosophy, right? So. If you, if you found a player that played for me at any of the three places, they'll probably say, you know, five or six things, you know, don't beat ourselves, win the line of scrimmage, you know, which means run the ball and stop the run, protect and affect the passer. So there's core tenets that I believe in, how you get there. At Temple, you know, we were, we were a fullback in the I formation and, you know, occasionally spread out. When I was at Baylor, I had four, three, four NFL wide receivers. We were spread out. But at the end of the day... um, the, the, the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman in high school football, college football, and in the NFL, they, they determine it. So in terms of getting there, you know, I, I'm walking in a little bit blind in terms of, you know, I've seen the games on TV. I've had a chance to watch. This process has gone on so long. So I've ha- had a chance, but you know, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to get into spring. You know, I'll have to see where we are to to know that. But for me, it's just a vision, you know. A vision doesn't mean that that's where that's the picture that's here. The picture that's here that's pic- I have to get into that, but the vision is to to build up front, and that's that's not just recruiting. That's also the weight room. That's also the way that we want to train. And um, I'm confident because you know we we've done that at Temple. You know, for I think I think right now there's 24 guys playing in the National Football League from Temple and Baylor combined, and none of those guys were four and five star recruits, um, but we were able to develop them. So that'll be our plan here as well.
0: Hey, Matt, uh, Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. Welcome. Thank you. Have you had a chance to talk with uh, Mickey Joseph? Uh, there's a lot of interest
5: in him around here in the, after the job he did, and, and what goes into the considerations of, of possibly retaining people who were on the staff? Yeah, you know, I, I reached out to Mickey right when I got the job. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to talking to him at some point here and talking to the rest of the staff. You know, I've been on both sides of it. You know, I've I've been an assistant coach on a staff that's been let go, and and I've always appreciated the coach coming in and talking to me. Um, So, you know, I'll I'll try to be thorough with that process over the next couple days, and my family will go back tomorrow. And the most important things to me right now are the current players. Um, I need to sit down with them and talk to them, right? Like, they know... They know the issues in the program more than anyone else, good and bad, and I say issues I mean like good things, hey, this is great, hey so I need to talk to the players, and they need, and, I need, and I need to talk to the staff and coaches it, you know to me, it all comes down to fit. you know people have to want to be here number one, they have to want to be in the role that they're in, and um you know we have to all move forward um, again. When I've not had success, it's when you know some people are pulling in one direction. There will be a very clear vision and a very clear process for how we do things within the walls of the football program and uh, you know, within the X's and O's. And so um, any staff member that's, that's bought into that, um, I'd love to talk to. And I agree. I think Mickey did a fantastic job. And I've known Coach Joseph uh, for a while before that, not, not personally, but professionally. Excellent recruiter. Players love him. So I'm anxious to have a chance to visit with him and the rest of the staff. Hey Coach uh, Sean Callahan with Husker online I'm just curious how important is this first week obviously to get the roster
4: stuff figured out but to learn the Nil uh, the transfer portal days December fifth you go on the road on Friday to start seeing recruits' it's these first four days in Lincoln how big are they just to kind of figure out where this is all going for you
5: yeah you know I've you know so so I, you know, I, I literally um, I got home that first day after no longer being the coach in Carolina and, 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 and had had a school call me and so i've been I've been working on this for a while you know um, again there was a lot of thought in our family that that we would take the year and and take the year off and um, you know just spend some time together and um, I think that's really important I I think it's important for recruits to hear you know I've, I've told every recruit I've talked to like Man, I, I was getting, I'm not making more money to, to work today than I would have been if I was playing golf back in Charlotte. Like, I could be on the golf course making the same money today. So, this wasn't a financial decision. This wasn't, a, this was, oh my goodness, I, I, I think I can fit there. And I think the people are right. So, um, I say that to say that I had all that time. To really dive into this, study some things nil wise, study some things, um, uh, you know, obviously the transfer portal, and uh, uh, so I think this week's important. I mean, we've it, we've we've gotten going right away. We have a certain profile that we like to recruit to. Um, you know, we like uh, we, we like big, fast guys. Uh, you know, even if they're a little bit developmental, um, so we want to get as much speed as we can get anytime we can get it. So. Uh, we've already gotten started with that we just need to sit down with the guys that are here and see who else they were recruiting besides the guys that are committed so this week's important i don't know if i'll sleep very much you know um but you know what next week will be important in the week after and here's what i know the future of nebraska football is not hanging on one 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 decision one it's it's hanging on the accumulation of day after day after day uh, great recruiting great development great coaching great teaching um, you know, so we'll just try to make sure we do that. You know, just say what's next every day.
1: Hey, Matt uh, Eric Olson with the Associated Press. Uh, had you not come to Nebraska, did you have any other opportunities to coach elsewhere? Um, and uh, do you have
5: some of your staff set already? You gonna bring some guys with you? So I'll say this humbly and only for recruiting, because normally I wouldn't say this, but I was offered other jobs. Yes, and um, I, you know, I, I just decided that. Uh, this was the right one um, for me. So, you know, I had the chance to maybe sit a year. I had the chance to, you know, I had some opportunities to do some TV and some broadcasting. I was offered, you know, some other college opportunities. Um, So, I only say that to say how special this is. That, you know, we didn't say, hey, we better go take this job. We, uh, We felt like this was a really special place with really special people. Great alignment, great resources, and then a fan, a fan base unlike any other. You know, I can't wait to bring recruits to games and let them see uh, what a game at Memorial Field looks like, Memorial Stadium looks like. Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald, welcome to Nebraska, coach. Uh, you're coaching in a league, a specific league, the Big Ten. It has a context. What do you know about that league having grown up watching it? What kinds of players and coaches do you need to bring here to win in this league? Yeah, you know, um, it, it, it's a great question. You know, obviously, having been at Penn State, you know, the Big Ten was a, a different way at the, maybe a little bit at that point, um, a, di- a different type of a league. But, you know, again, it goes back to the things I talked about. You know, you, the margin for error in the Big Ten um, in most games is pretty slight. You can't beat yourself. You have to be a team that executes. Um, typically, if you look at the Big Ten, you know, whoever has the best quarterback play is typically going to win. So you need to have. Not just a quarterback, but a, a signal uh, a system around the signal caller that lets them be successful, and you have to be able to win in the elements. you have to be able to win when it's you know hot early in the year, cold, late in the year, you have to be able to win on the east coast pretty soon you have to win on the west coast and so uh, I think having defense, I think having a run game. Um, Those things are important because if you can't play defense in this league, there's there's three, four games a year you're going to get run off the field. In terms of coaches, um, you know, I want young, energetic, dynamic coaches, Um, whereas there's some there's some leagues where, you know, you have to go hire some names and there's some guys that, you know, hey, he's a recruiter and he's been in that area a long time. Um, I think my ties recruiting and our ties recruiting in Texas are something that we're going to lean on. I think our, you know, you look at the history of Nebraska and its ties to New Jersey. So we'll obviously, those are places that were pretty well known. And then uh, Florida. Uh, so um, those are the distinct areas. And then to me, uh, you know, just studying this job and taking a lot of time to study this job, the in-state talent I'm excited about. And then you draw that 500-mile radius, you know, making sure that uh, we have the best, you know, these might be little things, but I want to have the best summer camps. You know, I want to have two, three thousand kids a year coming to our camp, not just prospect camps. I want kids when they're eight, nine, ten. I mean, everyone should have a chance to be a Husker for a day, and you know, that's how you find the the players that go off and go to an FCS school. Like, I don't understand why I'm in the draft last year, looking at first round guys at FCS schools. Like, I want them here. <laughs> I want I, I want to find those guys, and so. Uh, Finding coaches that are going to, I don't need celebrity coaches who are going to go see one school a day. I need coaches that are going to go and do it the old school way, go see six, seven, eight, nine schools a day, speak at a clinic, call recruits. So we're going to have a hardworking staff Um, uh, in terms of do I have some guys lined up? There's some guys I'd like to bring with me. Uh, I want to be respectful of the staff and talk to them as well. But, uh, you know, we, we need to be able to hit the ground running here soon.
0: Hey Matt, Uh, Joe Nugent, W-O-W-T-TV. How are you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. I'm curious about the two rebuilds that you led at Temple and Baylor. Why do you think you were successful there? Why do you think you'll be successful here doing the same thing? And what do you think is a fair timeline for being successful?
5: Yeah, um, I think the other two places were, it was really simple. We found the right people, uh, found the right staff. Then we didn't, you know, we found players that we could develop, players that loved football that wanted to get developed. Um, you know, we took, you know, Hassan Reddick, who was a walk-on, who had no scholarship offers, and he I think he's one of the top sack guys in the NFL right now. So, we we practiced really competitively. We trained at a high level. We pushed the guys. Um, we loved them. You know, nowadays a lot of coaches I see I saw on the other side a lot of coaches are afraid to coach their guys hard because they're afraid they'll they'll transfer. I really feel like if a player knows that you care about them, if they they really believe what I said earlier, that, you know what, I I want your life to be better for for having been here, not just because you're a good player, um, then you can coach guys hard. So I think the old school things of developing guys and pushing guys and and, and wanting them to be better um, is what got us there at those places. And then we had great support. I won at Temple because, you know, I had a great athletic director in Pat Craft, Kevin Clark, I had a great president in Dr. Neil Theobald, and so... When people were sort of saying like what's happening, they they would calm the waters, and eventually we broke through. And then when, when I was at Baylor, I went to Baylor in an, in an unprecedented time. Um, you know, I don't I, I don't I didn't know what I was walking into when I went into Baylor, but we were successful there because of Dr. Linda Livingstone, because of Mac Rhodes, because of Jeremiah Dickey, and you know Mac Rhodes or AD there would when, when things were kind of like hey well, why are we going one and eleven, calm the waters, and this, the players got better. People continue to buy in and then everyone, as I said, was all in and pushing forward. Do I think we can do that here? I wouldn't be here if I didn't. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Um, I can't, I just can't say that enough. I would not be here if I did not believe, A, in the players that we can get here, B, the history of Nebraska and their 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 belief in, in, in player development, both on and off the field. In terms of timelines. Um, you know, I learned at the last place, you know, uh, to be careful to, to, you know, I probably didn't want to give a timeline. I, I, I want to win tomorrow. <laughs> I want to win right away. Um, you know, if, if, if expectations sometimes run real, people get frustrated. I just know this, um, we're going to, we're going to work our tail off starting, you know, starting today and, um, uh, we'll do it as fast as we can. Matt, welcome uh, Mitch Sherman, the athletic. Um, you mentioned
1: Trev and Admiral Carter, and your respect for them. Can you um, can you um, get into a bit when and, and how the interaction began
5: with with them and, and what your um, you know what what that came back to, um, how strongly you feel about them, and have and how that's grown through this process. Yeah, I'll 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 defer the timeline to them just so I don't get on their bad side right off the bat. You know, if I say anything wrong. But uh, uh, no, I, you know, it's funny. I remember the first time I talked to Trev on the phone. Um, my wife was kind of nearby we we were looking at a little I was like a little breakfast nook and I was talking to him and you know we were just talking about football and talking about the process and talking about player development and just a conversation and my wife I looked over and she was kind of like she's like it's the first time I've seen you uh, this happy in a long time like I I, you know uh, you know I've learned you can work really hard but you don't have to be miserable you know and uh, you know developing players and and being in an environment where everybody loves each other like that, that that really brought joy to me. And so, you know, as I said, there were lots of hurdles. You know, I wanted to make sure that this was the right place for my family. It's not just about me, you know. Um, everyone will see me, you know, my, they'll see me as like at Coach Matt Rule on Twitter, like I'm dad first. And um, I don't want to bring my kids and move them every three years. You know, I, I talked about a little bit last week on, on, on NFL Network, like it's my son who's a senior this year in high school coming up. Who was the was the one who said no? I want you to I want you to go to Nebraska. I want you to do this. Um, I'll, he'll make whatever sacrifice. If I have to stay back there, Dad, I will. If I have to, you know, wh- whatever it takes. And so, um, it was because everyone really, really, really trusted Trev and his vision. Um, we loved meeting Angie. We could tell that this this was a great family. And then, you know. Uh, uh president carter was at navy when i was at temple and so we had that crossover and so played in the championship game so you know at the end of the day i always want people to kind of know what i'm going to bring you know like no hey this is how i'm going to do it this is the way that we're going to do it and you know president carter having that history with me uh was uh, really important to me as well
0: coach jake Bartecki, news channel nebraska uh welcome to nebraska welcome Sorry. to lincoln Recently, you've gone from college, then a few years in the NFL, now back to college. After leading a team at the highest level, do you feel like you are better prepared to be a college coach now? Do you feel like it made you a better coach?
5: A thousand times, per, uh, a thousand times, per, uh, a thousand percent, I should say. Um, it made me a better man. It made me a better person. You know, when you're in the NFL and very grateful to the Carolina Panthers, and there's so many wonderful people in that organization. Um, but when you're in the NFL, you know you're 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 depending on a lot of different things. You know, um, uh, there's there's so many parts that have to come together, and so um, recognizing that and seeing that and being a part of that, uh, I thought was great for me. Um, learning how to deal with challenges and adversity and all those things was was really was really good for me as well. Dealing with the professional athlete was probably the best. You know, um, you know, getting getting a you know deal, having a conversation with Amir Abdullah and then having a conversation with Christian McCaffrey like. Two guys, same position, completely different people. And as I said to the team today, you know, it really taught me, and Coach Coffin tried to teach this to me, but I, I relearned things because I'm a little hard-headed at times. It's not coach-player. It, it's just people-people. It, we're just people, right? We all have different roles. I'm the coach, the, but we're, we're just people. And so I think that interaction with the players really, really taught me, and especially this year. You know, I was on the hot seat from the la- end of last year to the middle of this year, and when you're a coach that's on the hot seat, do the players really have to listen to you? Do they really have to buy into you? And if, if I'm proud of anything, it's the relationships and the guys. It's, it's the guys on that team uh, that went out and won yesterday. It's the guys on that team that had my back throughout that process, the guys that called me since I got that job. And I think that shows me that I can come back to college, continue to push guys, have the same relationships. Um, and the final piece is, you know, we've always been known as a player development uh, group. I I know it so much better now. Like, you know, anybody can get you to the National Football League. I wanna help guys get to the National Football League and, and stay there and have a second contract. And the way that you take notes, the way that you prepare, you know, I thought I knew that and I always preached that, but I know it better now. And the final piece, cause it's a great question, is I'm just so much mentally tougher. I mean, um, you know what, that, what I went through was hard and it was hard on my family. Um, but you know what, when things are hard in life, you either break or it, you just let it like a, be a purifying fire that takes away the impurities and the, the ego and, and and the and the anxiety and all those things. And so my family and I, man, we look, we looked inward, we looked towards each other, we looked to our faith, we looked to the future, we we stayed focused on the players. And so I come here now, um, uh, not hardened by that, but 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 you know steeled by it. I feel I feel really really strong and uh, you know I, I'm excited excited to get started with these players, I'm excited to get to the spring, excited to build a team. Hey, Matt, Zach Carpenter inside Nebraska. I think you said in your opening statement that you met with the team uh, this morning or this afternoon. Can you give us more details about what you said to the the current players and the current coaches if you met with them too? I have not met with the current coaches yet, just the the players. Um, And I started reaching out to the players, you know, as I could over the last couple of days uh, via text and some phone calls. And the the message I had for them was, because I understand the position that they're in, not one player in that locker room signed up to play for me. Not one player was recruited by me. Not one player chose to come for me. But I wanted them to know that, hey, I, I chose to come coach you. Like, I'm here to be your coach. I'd like to be your coach. I'm not one of those guys that comes in and runs everybody off. You know, I've never done that. Um, I, I come in, I try to set a high standard, a high expectation. I hope that the veteran players on the team take my expectations and raise it. Um, and so I said that to them. I wanted to make sure that they knew that when they got back in the spring that we are going to work at a really high level. And uh, hard work is not punishment. Practicing and playing football is not punishment. Being physical at practice is not punishment. I wanted them to understand that the way that we can get to where we want to be is on the practice field. It's through competing that I wanted them to all be a part of it. You know, uh, I think it's an honor. I think it's a privilege to be a Nebraska Cornhusker football coach and football player. And I wanted them to appreciate that. And then finally I told them I'd be here all week and I look forward to talking to each guy. Um, I wanna hear their perspective. I wanna hear from them. I think that's really important for me to learn more about this program right now.
0: Hey coach, uh, Steve Mark with Inside Nebraska. You've coached on both sides of of the ball. Is there
5: one specific side, offense, defense, that you're really passionate about? Um, not, you know, n- not really. It's um, that's a, that's a great question. You know, We've, we've always historically, um, you know, at, at, at Temple, after a couple of years, we were in the top 10 in, in defense. At Baylor our last year, I think we we're in the top five. I think we we're in the top five in takeaways on defense. Uh, after one year in the NFL, Carolina, we were number two in the NFL in defense. So we've always built a culture of defense. Um, I've tried to always offset that, you know, on the other side by, you know, trying to run the football and be physical on offense, things that we got done at Temple and Baylor at a pretty high level. Um, but I think everything's important. I, you know, I really do. When when Trev says complimentary football, I just think what you're saying is that every single play counts. And in, in today's world where we all get pulled in so many directions, trying to teach the team that, you know, everybody just needs to go out and win the rep. If everybody wins the rep, forgets the play, what's next, win the next rep. So, you know, I'm passionate about the game. I love offense, I love defense, you know, uh, I love special teams. And I think that's why, you know, I try to hire staffs that are great teachers, have lots of energy, um, care about their players, and then I have enough knowledge maybe on both sides to, to see if there's a problem and step in if ever needed.
0: Now, KLK News here in Lincoln. You mentioned talking with Tom Os- Osborne over the weekend and a bucket list item for you. Can you expand on that conversation and any advice he shared with you?
5: no uh, c- coach coach was great uh, great you know he just um you know he just he just welcomed me and um you know i just told him i said hey i i wouldn't take this job if you know if i didn't have your blessing and uh he he kind of laughed and said you know you don't need my blessing but you know i trust trev and and uh, you know I, I i know that you'll uh do a great job and uh, i'm I'm, gr- I'm thankful that uh, uh coach grant Taff who's a special person in my life and coach Osborne have a relationship so i, th- I think that they were able to maybe visit a little bit but um yeah, it was great to have a chance to talk to Coach Osborne. You know, he, he's, uh, he's uh, someone, as I said, that, uh, you know, I've looked up to as a coach. You know, there, you see a lot of things on sports today. You see a lot of things on ESPN today. I grew up in the era of the gentleman coach, you know, the coaches that would battle for 60 minutes and then shake hands and go clinic together in the summer. And uh, that, was, that was Coach Osborne. That was Coach Paterno. That was those men. And so um, uh, he, uh, he said he'd be here for me if I ever needed it, and I, I'll certainly take him up on that.
0: Amy just Lincoln, Neural star, um, as you stand here today, what does success mean to you? like what does a successful team look like, and how do you get Nebraska back to that
5: yeah, I think um, I think the first step you know I, I really talk in steps I, you know and i 'm not saying they're not there right now, so I, I don 't want to ever say that. I think the first thing is that just w- that we are those three things that I talked about like that we are really a tough team that um, you know no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstances, we do what we say we 're going to do and get it done. That, that this off that we work really really hard and, and that we compete, um, you know, you can you can sometimes in football um, get so caught up in the results that you forget the process. And so I think if you're those three teams, then the, if you lose by two or you lose by twenty, it's the same thing—you lost. And sometimes we you know we fool ourselves into like, oh, it was a close loss here, it was a close loss there. You know, this game you go out each week with a, a mission: you either win or you lose. And so you know, I want to win as many games as possible. But I want to win the right way, and so the way for me is is to make sure that that the things that I talked about in this press conference, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage, not beating ourselves, you know, I'll talk about winning the turnover battle. If we do those things, then the re- results will take care of itself. I, like every other uh, Cornhusker fan, uh, w- want to go to a bowl game. You know, I, I don't want to play just 12 games. Uh, I want to go to a 13th game, and then that, you know, to me, that's that should be the bare minimum. And then I want to compete for the Big Ten championship. I want to compete for national championships. Um, I just don't think we have the right to talk about that right now here today uh, you know right now today we, we, this team and i we're going to talk about hey let's let's be great this week let's be great in finals let's be great in recruiting um you know if you go three and nine and four and eight then then to me uh we just have to worry about the spring let's be great this spring
0: lucky land casino asking
5: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess ha! in my dentist's office
5: And so that sounds like boring coach speak, but it's really how I live my life. It's how, you know, when I got fired a month ago, I said, okay, what, you know, I've been telling players forever, what's next? Worry about tomorrow. Then just do the same thing, Matt. What's next? Worry about tomorrow. Like get fired one day, take your kids to school the next, (laughs) you know, like that's what it is. That's how, that's how most people live their lives. And that's how I want the team to live its life. What does success look like? I think if we're that kind of team, as the players continue to develop, we keep bringing in great talent. These guys buy in, the wins will come. Hey Matt, Andy Kenny, KETV in Omaha. Welcome to Nebraska. I want to ask you. Um, you mentioned NIL and the transfer portal. How do you go about building your roster and mixing the portal kids and laying the foundation with kids that you recruit and develop? And can you do both? Yeah, I think you, I think you know the good teams are doing both. I think as your recruiting improves, uh, you see the really really strong teams across the uh, across the the nation. They're, they're, they probably have less transfer kids. Um, but I think right now, the first thing we'll do is continue to evaluate the roster. Uh, we will leave no stone unturned to find good players. Uh, they come in all shapes and sizes. We will take the walk-on program seriously. We'll take transfers seriously. We'll take NIL seriously. You know, when I talk about all in. That's, that's, that's making sure that we have the money to go do the NIL at the level that the teams we're competing against do it at. So uh, we, will look at, we will look at everything. We just won't sacrifice the ideals and the integrity of the program. You know, uh, the guys that come here, Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with a young man wanting to make some money. You know, there's nothing wrong with a young man wanting to make some money off his ability. Um, every one of us, we want to be valued and we want to be compensated financially. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but they have to also want to be here for Nebraska and they have to want to be here for their teammates and they have to want to win. And so when you find guys who want to come here, who want to develop, who want to get a degree, who want to serve and impact the community, who want to win, um, those are the guys that I want to make sure that we, uh. We uh, take care of uh, financially when we can. And I I know the way it works is the collective, not me. I don't mean to say we ain't get in trouble, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, And you know what? I think it's a great incentive for young people to come in and play well. And and, uh, the the better you play, the more things that you do, the more opportunities that you have. And that's really kind of the American way. You know, the more you do, the more you get. And so um, we'll embrace all of that. All right. Thank you all very much.
1: That is new Nebraska head coach Matt Rule talking about his plan for reviving the Huskers. Talking about development, toughness, and identity as the cornerstones of his program. And he, of course, succeeds Scott Frost, a favorite son who saw things go sour very quickly in Lincoln, 16 and 31, was let go early on this year, replaced on an interim basis by Mickey Joseph, not that far away from having significant success. <laughs> in goodness, we saw Bo Polini was let go after going 40 games over 500, but certainly have fallen on very hard times. There you see Rule with his family, who he spoke quite a bit about in his excitement of taking this job. Howard Griffith, as a, a player, what did you hear that appealed to you from Matt Rule?
3: Really, when he talks about the process and the plan. He didn't come in talking about we're winning a national championship this year or next year. He talked about being able to to win the day, win the week, have a great spring. And I think those are the realistic expectations that you should start to set and establish for your program. Because a lot of times coaches, that's what they say. We're going to win the Big Ten championship. We're going to win a national championship. We're going to do all these things. But you can't do all those things until you win the day, until you are the best person you can be on a particular day. So I really like the tone. I really like the message that he really laid out. And quite frankly, it was laid out by Trev at the very beginning, talking about and establishing to the fan base. This is a developmental program and we need to develop the people so that we can attain some of those goals.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was almost word for word, right? What Trev said about, yeah. like, we're going to stop talking about national championships mm-hmm. and all the stuff in the, path, in the past, and we're going to earn our way to that point by getting back to the fundamentals. I thought that was a really strong message. Um, you know, one thing that jumped out to me as well right off the top was just his acknowledgment that other places wanted him, yeah. that he could have done TV, that he could have yeah. just sat around. And, played golf. Yeah, played golf, <laughs> made the same amount of money. Right, I mean, yeah. he said all of that. Um, but that he chose Nebraska and he chose Mm -hmm. this job in particular. I thought that was also a strong message. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was interesting to hear him talk about how energized he was in his conversations with Trev and that his wife noticed it. By the way, we're going to have Matt Rule on here and and we'll get a chance to, to ask him some questions. That's coming up here in a few minutes. But it was clear that this particular place really resonated with him, that it wasn't so much about coaching again because he knew he would have ample opportunities To coach again but it was about finding the right place to coach I also think he didn't really back away in any way from the fact that he just finished coaching somewhere where it didn't go particularly well right I mean he mentioned several times hey we got fired and here's what we learned by getting fired so I I think he showed um, kind of a humanness in all of that right which I think will really resonate with people in Nebraska Mm -hmm. because in in the time that I've spent there like they want people to be real yeah. and that rule was very real and very authentic.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's helpful, right? Just to not sugarcoat anything and just to just be real about what happened and what didn't go well, mm-hmm. the the positives and the negatives that he can pull from that experience. I thought it was very interesting, you know, in in the overpromising, you know, underpromising, <laughs> uh-huh. the timeline questions. Right. In some of those early steps, because he has been a a turnaround specialist, a rebuild specialist, and when you go into an environment in the NFL that you hadn't been in, it was different. He talked about a lot of cooks in the kitchen Uh in the
3: NFL. Yeah, and I think that part of it is really important to acknowledge as well. There may have been a little bit of a burnout. He talked about being rejuvenated by the fact that he had an opportunity to coach young people again, and that was something that Trev really drilled and, and. brought home to him about this opportunity there in Nebraska.
2: Yeah, and I and that's why like when he left to go to the NFL, first of all, I thought it was going to work out, but I always thought that he was such a great college coach for that reason. I think there are certain coaches that really embrace the idea of of meeting these players when they're, you know, 15, 16 and helping them shape themselves through this like very transformative time in their lives and and handing them off at 23. He was talking about all the coaches who or all the players who called him and checked in on him after he got fired. I mean those are those lifelong relationships because it's such a pivotal point in your life.
1: You can tell he has a reverence for the college game too. I mean I thought that was a really telling story where he Mm -hmm. talked about being a Penn State fan and he had relatives in State College which is why he grew up a Penn State fan. Then they ultimately ended up Moving there when he was in high school and went to State College High School, and then, as he said, walked on in the NFL. But you got a sense that college football resonated with him. It was for him; it was the peak of his accomplishment, right? That was the level that he was able to play at. But he kind of got the, as he talked about, like the gentleman coaches, right? The Tom Osborne and Joe Paterno, and kind of raised on that that notion of of that college football really was meaningful, and and that that. The, the amount that it resonated with people. You
3: can see why, to me, this is a fit for him, right? Because of that very fact that he's it's important to him about young people, not necessarily going on and playing in the National Football League, but he wants that to happen. But how they develop is an important part. The other thing that stuck out was the fact that you don't hear this too often, but you hear a coach kind of throw a timeline out about talking to the old staff. He says, yeah, It's going to be a couple days because he wants to talk with the players first and really find out what's going on in the program and how he can best uh, position himself and then move on and talk with the coaches and to see who wants to be here and who is going to be a good fit for the program moving forward.
2: Yeah, I also thought it was interesting that he noted that basically he's been studying up on NIL NIL. transfer portal Uh and all of these things because we've talked about that on this show. We've talked about that's basically the difference. He has been in the NFL over the last couple of years as roster management has really changed. And he has basically said since the day he got fired, he was learning about that because college programs were interested.
1: No doubt. And, of course, Nebraska is well-positioned to oh. for, for NIL. I mean, there's yeah. no question, right, that that's something where they've been studying it, too. Mm-hmm. So you're not going into this kind of blind as to, well, how am I going to navigate this? They've got a pretty good idea of where they're going. So that stood out to me. I also thought he showed his hand a little bit in terms of the style of play because he's had a few different offensive philosophies, which he outlined, but he made it pretty clear that they're going to own the line of scrimmage. You're, you're going to run the ball. You're going to stop the run. That has been the formula in this league. We saw it as the formula in the single most important game that we've seen in this conference or certainly the highest profile game that we've seen in this conference in 18 years or 16 years or whatever it is. Uh, On Saturday, when Michigan played Ohio State, the team that ended up winning the line of scrimmage won the game. We've certainly seen it be the formula in the Big Ten West. Who knows how much longer there will be a Big Ten West. But I think that will resonate, too, this notion of, we're going to run the ball. We're going to stop the run. We're going to protect the quarterback. We're going to affect the quarterback.
2: How about the first question at the press conference <laughs> being about the offensive line yeah. and about the trenches? I know you got excited about the fullback.
1: <laughs> yeah, we probably won't Now there's a little you. fist <laughs> <bump> <laughs> on the side. Too <laughs> the camera wasn't on yeah. you when he talked about well, the fullback at yeah. Temple.
3: But the interesting thing is that when you start to talk about building a program, you want to limit the mistakes that can be made by the quarterback, by the receivers. And to me, developing that tough style of play, and, and I'll bring P.J. Fleck into this conversation because that's the way he wants to run. He wants to own the line of scrimmage. So when you look at you know what's going on, you look at Illinois right now. They want to own the line of scrimmage. This is the way, to me, that you can build your program uh, as a tough physical football team, and then as you start to get the players that, that you want and you desire that's going to, allow you to be able to make some changes to the offense philosophy it gives you time to get there now whether your opponents are going to allow you to do that to be able to score enough points is a different discussion but i think it, it, it gives you a chance to limit uh to limit some of the mistakes that are made by the skilled positions
1: all right so here's the story we are going to talk to matt rule coming up here in just a few minutes uh, he will join us and again we'll get some answers to a few more questions we Matt Rule introduces the new head coach at the University of Nebraska, taking over a Huskers program that has floundered here in the last few years, but of course, historically, one of the most successful ones in all of college football. It'll be the third head coaching stop for Rule in the college game. Did a great job at Temple and Baylor, and he joins us now from Lincoln. Coach, congratulations. You mentioned in your news conference there were other opportunities for you in the college game what was it in particular about Nebraska that attracted you that made you say this is the job I need to take
5: well I think there are a couple things you know I I really wanted to be in the Big Ten Um, you know I I thought uh, I think as you see the the landscape of football you know moving forward in college football I feel like the Big Ten is a great place to be Uh, as I started to look at Nebraska uh, obviously the history uh, the resources uh, the facilities the commitment to player development and then I got to know Trev Alberts, and uh, did not know Trev before, but I always feel like you can tell a lot about a person when they interview you. The questions that they ask uh, say a lot about what's important to them. And as I talked to Trev, I, I said to myself, you know what, uh, he cares about the same things I care about. He cares about uh, the, the student-athlete experience. He cares about developing young men. He cares about winning on the field but winning the right way. And um, my brand of football, my style of football is uh, similar to his. Um, And you know what? I think this is a a, a great match. And so um, we we went down the process, and in in the end, it worked out.
1: Matt, I don't want to put you in a spot where you're second-guessing what anyone else did, but I think it's interesting that you laid out a pretty significant background of knowledge with Nebraska football, going all the way back to the 1980s. So you've known about this program for a long time. And he also made it clear that this isn't something that happened overnight in terms of the interview process, that this has been going on for a while as well. So as you look at where Nebraska's been a long time ago, where it's been recently, what do you believe needs to change for Nebraska to get back to where its fans expect it to be?
5: You know, I hope that it just happened. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, Trev coming on board. Uh, president uh, Ted Carter uh, being here uh, uh, hiring me and their faith in me the staff that we will put together I think that that you know when you look back at the history of Nebraska you know how they do what they did they they got great coaches they got great players they developed them they had tremendous support uh, from from administration from across the state and then from the fans and so uh, that fan base is still here that sellout streak is still here Uh, we have to recruit at a high level we have to develop the players once they get here and retain them Um, we've got a coach really well Uh, But, uh, you know, the recipe for success that was that was so, so successful uh, in the 70s, 80s and 90s and even even more recent. um, We just got to get back to that. And that's that's what I learned as a young player under Coach Paterno. That's what I've tried to do at my other stops. And that's what I'm excited to try to do here.
2: Matt, uh, congratulations on, on the new job. Excited to have you back in the Big Ten. My question for you is that you've been out of college football during some pretty formative years. How has roster management changed in the time you've been away from college football?
5: Yeah, the rules have all changed. You know. Um, I've talked to, you know, but even as I've talked to a couple friends, Nicole, and I've said, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure about this one thing. Guys in the SEC, guys, they, 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 they say, Matt, n- none of us know. You know, we're all kind of learning. The rules seem to change as we go. And so one of the things that I, I think I've done over the years, you know, and, and you have to do at a place like Temple, you have to do when you go to Baylor after the scandal it had was you have to be, you know, unbelievably creative. You have to always, you know, be looking at, hey, what can we do? What should we do? How can we do it best? And so, um, you know, this game is about getting a great roster, um, developing that roster and, and putting them in a position to succeed. And so, you know, the transfer portal has changed things. Uh, NIL has changed things. But, I, th- you know, hopefully for me, going to the National Football League, uh, dealing with the salary cap, dealing with all those things, I think I'm, I'm more than prepared to handle all of it. And at the end of the day, you know, if the players come to play for you and they feel cared about and they feel like they're getting better and they feel like they have a chance to win, a lot of times uh, that that covers a lot of the bases for most players.
3: Coach Howard Griffith, congratulations. Welcome to the conference. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your philosophy offensively and defensively. How flexible is it to the roster that you will ultimately inherit inherit not necessarily the roster that you will recruit to down the line
5: you know i have core core tenets and core philosophies that i believe in you know you have to win the turnover battle you have to control the line of scrimmage uh, you have to score touchdowns in the red zone you have to win third down you have to be great in two minute um but but how you get there to me can change based upon your talent you know when we were at temple we were a knife formation two-back team when we went to baylor and Uh, We had all NFL receivers. We became a spread team. Uh, But we still, we were going to be physical up front. We were going to run the football and and win the situations. Uh, Defensively, you know, we've always had a a top ten defense both uh, at Temple, at Baylor, and in the National Football League. And um, to me, that that defense always comes down to who you are. We were a four-down team at at, at Temple. We went to the 3-2 stack. At Baylor and finished uh, in the top ten in, in defense my last year there. So uh, we will we will have coaches that can coach all different kinds of schemes, all different kinds of techniques. What most matters is that our players can play fast. And so uh, we'll get in here this spring. You know we'll recruit now. We'll get in here this spring. We'll we'll see what the guys do well. And um, it's my job as the head coach to put the whole picture together and make sure that uh, our best players are on the field doing what they do best.
2: Matt, you you turned things around at Temple and at Baylor. Is there a blueprint for the first few days or a few months? Is there something you did at both of those places that you're now going to do at Nebraska?
5: You know, I, I think I've learned a lot about it, and, and the first thing I'm going to do here is listen. You know, I, I've gone into those other places and just tried to, you know, usually I tried to go in and set the tone, and, and they were a little bit later usually. They were, you know, the, the, the time frame back then was in the, you know, when the spring semester started. Now with the transfer portal and early sign-in date, you know, you're getting hired a lot earlier so I think the thing for me is that, you know, what I've learned is that young people uh, in this day and age, they, they want to be heard. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best to sit down with the guys on this team. You know, I think what this team did this year, you know, losing their coach after game three, they could have packed it in, as Trev said. Um, I thought, you know, Coach Mickey Joseph did a great job. The team did a great job. And so I want to talk to the guys. I want to ask them, you know, hey, you know, what, what do we do well? What do we not do well? Um, really get a feel and a pulse for where the team is at so that over the winter break, I can make strategic decisions. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, in other places three-year turnarounds. You know, I don't want to have to wait three years. I'd like to do it quicker. I'm not promising that, but I think the best thing I can do right now is listen.
3: Coach, one of the things that's, that's really changed in recent years is the back office, the support staff, the, the large support staff. Is that something that you're looking to bring to Nebraska as well?
5: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think especially in the recruiting space and I think it was great for me to work uh, in Carolina and, and work with Scott Fitterer and Marty Herning, our general managers, and work with all the scouts. Um, uh, you know I think that that's a a vital way to do it you know so we'll have a robust uh, recruiting and personnel staff uh, a robust player engagement staff you know the guys we sometimes we spend so much time on the guys who aren't on the team you know you can neglect the guys on the team I want to make sure that the guys on the team are being supported in every way you know football social personal so uh, it takes people to do that so we will have all those people um, we'll have them there and available for our guys uh, and it'll it'll be great we'll we'll hire a great staff and, and, and try to pour into the players
1: Coach, you know, everyone goes to a new job and talks about how great the fan base is. And we do have tons of amazing fan bases throughout college football. Nebraska's is really special. And you spoke about the sellout streak. I mean, 388 straight sellouts have sold out the stadium as long as any of the four of us talking right now have been alive. What is your message to them? This has been a really tough stretch for them in terms of not necessarily a time frame kind of what they can expect from nebraska football you know i I think the message to the fans is that um is that this absolutely
5: can happen you know uh we have to expect it to happen and more importantly we have to make it happen um you know the the, the time absolutely is now and as you guys said i've had i've had you know you know six seven weeks to really uh, watch this team watch the games go back and study um uh, talk to people and um you know, I, I believe in Nebraska. I believe in our fan base. I believe in the people that are here. And so, um, you know, when I say all in, you know, I, what that mean? What does that mean? That means everybody does whatever they can do: buy a season ticket, come to the spring game, donate NIL money, uh, support the team. Um, you know, that that's what we need. We need everybody pushing in one direction and pulling in one direction. And uh, um, you know, it's it's not going to be easy. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here if it was if it was easy. Uh, but it'll be worthwhile when we do it.
1: You know coach you've been around a lot of really good coaches both at the college level and the pro level but it was interesting in in watching you up there and the way you kind of held that audience i know your dad was a pastor as well as being a really successful youth coach too in in his spare time what did you learn from him about leading people and coaching people that you have applied in your coaching career i think there's two things i learned from my father number one um, my first year at baylor
5: we were on our way to a 1-11 season, and, you know, I was game planning this and game planning that. And I remember my father said to me, because he was in the, in the building with me, he said, you know, Matt, you'll rebuild Baylor football one relationship at a time. And so, you know, I, I, I still did my work, but I take five extra minutes to talk to Bravion Roy. Take three extra minutes to talk to Denzel Mims, and I see those guys uh, on SportsCenter now making plays in the National Football League. And uh, he was right. You know, life life comes down to relationships. Every single one of us, everyone watching this, everyone, and the cameras in front of me. You know, we, we all go to bed at night worried about, you know, our future, our family. You know, we all have things that matter to us. And so, uh, as a coach, if I can if I can understand what what drives the people. you know, in my stead, if I can understand the fear, the anxiety, uh, I can make this a positive place and a positive experience. So relationship, relationship, relationship covers all. And, um, you know, he's a he was a, a tremendous help to me at Baylor. And I'll try to carry that message
1: here. One more great coach I want to ask you about. You mentioned you had a quick conversation with Tom Osborne. He, of course, is as legendary as they come in the state of Nebraska. What was his message to you?
5: Uh, just, just very simply, that you know he was always going to be there. You know, if, if if I needed him, you know that he, you know, he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to get in my way, but you know he would always be there if I needed him. And and I'm one of those uh, coaches who, um, you know, the, the coach the, the the coaches, the great legendary coaches, the, the Joe Paterno for me, the Tom Coughlin for me, Dick Vermeil. Uh, in in the days leading up to this, you know, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, I, I've always. I've always uh, tried to learn from other people's wisdom instead of my own experience, and so to know that uh, Coach Osborne would be would be willing to share with me uh, his experience and his wisdom um, is invaluable, and that was uh, that was a tremendous tremendous help. And you know what, I had the same thing from Grant Taff at Baylor, and it, it helped me through a lot of things. So very grateful to Coach Osborne that he would extend that that, that to me.
1: Coach Matt Rule, really looking forward to working with you and seeing how you grow this Huskers program. Welcome back to the Big Ten, and thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you, guys. So that is Matt Rule. Really good to get some thoughts from him, and and again, such a broad-based philosophy. I think that's Mm -hmm. what really stood out to me. It's not someone who believes in there's only one way of playing. There's certain core tenets that he believes in, but he's going to be adaptable, and I think that's what you have to be in this day and age.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely, and, um, you know, Howard, you asked about that, right, and about, you know, how do you take your skill sets, mm-hmm. maximize the talent, and and lean into your strengths, and I think he's done that, and it shows because he's coached on both sides of the ball, yeah. right? So you have a background that not all head coaches do, um, and he's just a versatile guy. I mm-hmm. mean, when, when he took over at Baylor. After the scandal, there were so many transfers out. He talked about that 1-11 in season. But you had to figure things out because you, you didn't have an ideal roster. You right. didn't have guys clamoring to play for you. And so I think it's going to be different with Nebraska, certainly. Mm-hmm. But he's done this in the past.
3: Yeah, it, it, To me, when he continues to talk and you hear his message and what he wants to do and where he wants his program to be, it it's really is, and I mentioned this earlier, it really is going to be one day at a time. Right, and he's not trying to to promise a lot of different things. But I think his process and what he wants to do will really, you mentioned this, Dave, will really resonate not only inside that locker room because one thing players want to know, that you care, that you actually care about them. And they'll do whatever they need to do for you and play hard for you if they believe you care. And that's the way he came off today, that he really cares about his players.
2: Yeah, he, and I thought the last answer about what he learned from his father mm-hmm. was, was really helpful because he's talked about relationships a lot. And he said in his introductory press conference, it's not coach player, it's mm-hmm. person to person. And I think you can see that. You can feel that that's genuine. And again, it gets back to why is he uniquely suited for the college game? You're really yeah. deeply connecting and impacting people during a very important period of their
1: life. Well, there he is with Johnny Rogers, legendary Heisman Trophy winner at Nebraska. I, I also thought the other thing that, that really resonated with me was you talk about why he's an ideal fit for the college game. I also just thought you know, why is a fit for Nebraska. And you wouldn't necessarily think a guy who...